Any photographer will tell you, seeing is believing. But when it comes to climate change, a long, slow process that occurs over time, it's difficult to capture a single image that demonstrates the sheer magnitude of this global crisis. Even though the most obvious and apparent result of our warming planet is the recession of glacial ice, in some of the most remote places of the world, it's hard to truly show how relatively quickly and dramatically that ice is melting. So photographer James Baylog came up with a plan to record the process of climate change by taking a series of pictures from specific locations near glaciers over the course of several months. We have time-lapse cameras installed permanently at these various glaciers in Greenland, Iceland, Montana, Alaska, and soon to be around Mount Everest. And these cameras shoot every half hour around the clock as long as it's daylight and they're looking down on these glaciers that are changing and we make this visual record of the landscape in flux. Called the Extreme Eye Survey, these images around the world are shot on tripods to show the cascade of glacial ice as it forms and then melts. The passage of time is quickly sped up to show the pace of change and its apparent progress. These cameras shoot all year long and we sometimes don't get back for a year or more to download the images, but once we get the pictures, we run them through video post-production and turn them into a, essentially a film clip showing the landscape as it changed over that previous period of time. In these film clips, glacial ice melts at a rate consistent with the human perception of time. Weeks and then months literally pass in the blink of an eye. As Baylog's cameras watch around the clock, his images are making an enduring record for melting glaciers that are amazing and a bit frightening to behold. We've been out in the field with these cameras since 2007, so we're coming up on our third year in the field. We'll be going more or less indefinitely, and we thought we would be done after three years, and yet we've become committed to preserving this historical memory of these vanishing landscapes that we've now come to the conclusion, well, we'll just keep the cameras going. The images that James Baylog and his team continue to capture through the Extreme Eye Survey offer compelling proof of receding glaciers around the world. This evidence on a global scale is clear to see, and even the most skeptical deniers of climate change may come to believe. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. Glaciers are the place where you can see and touch and hear and feel climate change in action. It's not an abstraction, it's not a computer model, it's not statistics, it's the real thing right in front of you. And there are actually very few forms of climate change where you can see it happening with that degree of clarity and drama. Glaciers are the tangible evidence that we can all understand. That's why these pictures of retreating glaciers are so powerful very powerful, but why are they meaningful? I mean, in terms of how does it impact our lives? What's the context? Yeah, we're clearly showing you a three-year record, right? We don't, we don't have a 300-year or 3,000-year record. But our pictures show processes happening. And those processes are anchored within a very, very, very long geologic record that's been, that is well understood by science 
it's been well measured, well established, and in modern times, that context has been developed by overflights of NASA satellites that measure things to unbelievable degrees of accuracy from the air, from 400 miles up. They can measure the deflation of the Greenland ice sheet. They can see that. So our pictures are embedded in that very clear quantitative scientific context that shows the world changing. So we're showing you the process of the world changing right in front of your eyes in these shots. You described the deflation of the Greenland ice sheet. Exactly what is the process of calving a glacier? The Greenland ice sheet is a huge dome about two miles high of ice that caps Greenland. And these big fingers of ice come out at the edges and they flow down these deep fjords, these big valleys in the rocks. And those fingers of ice break off into the sea in those fjords. Those are called outlet glaciers, and a glacier that touches seawater is called a tidewater glacier. So these are tidewater outlet glaciers, which to some limited degree is a little bit redundant, but you get the idea. So when the glaciers hit the water, there's a sharp wall at the end of the glacier called the calving face, C-A-L-V-I-N-G. And the calving face is where those huge icebergs and towers of ice come splintering off and fall into the ocean. And those are the kinds of locations where we have a lot of the cameras watching the uh, ice behavior. You had the opportunity to record using still photography, but also in video in real time, one of the most catastrophic calving events ever recorded. Tell me a little bit about that event. On the evening of May 28, 2008, two guys from our field team were camping near the terminus of the Alulasat Glacier in Greenland. Now, the Alulasat Glacier is the single biggest discharger of ice in all of Greenland. Anyway, my guys, uh, Adam LeWinter and Jeff Orlowski, were camped there for 10 days, and their job was to always be ready to have cameras turned on if a big calving event happened. So they had five time-lapse cameras set up. They had four video cameras set up in a, in a row on these tripods, and they were weighted down with rocks against the wind. They had a tent that got blown apart to ribbons one day in a big hurricane, but they kind of slugged it out, kept going. And uh, one day at 6.30 in the evening, this enormous calving event began. And it went on for an hour and 20 minutes and produced these huge, huge, unimaginably large icebergs breaking off and flowing out to sea. Some of these icebergs were the height of El Cap, the huge granite wall in Yosemite. So these are big, big, big chunks of ice. It's over 3,000 feet. Yeah, over 3,000 feet. So really dramatic stuff. So what they caught on film is known to be the largest calving event that's ever been put on film. And it's really spectacular, spectacular footage. It's horrifying at the same time. You know, I have this constant push-pull between me as a photographer and me as a person. Me, as a photographer, is a guy who's excited to see these dramatic events and get a chance to witness them and put them on film. Me, as a human being, goes, ah, oh, this is terrible, you know? This is like watching an airplane crash or, or a ship sink, you know? It's, it's kind of like what we're, what we're seeing here. But I find it's incredibly important, and we have an historical obligation to record these things and communicate the story of what's happening to the general public. Now, your 
work is helping to raise awareness. A lot of the work that you're doing right now is, is being viewed by members of Congress. Is it resonating with the people in power, the elected officials who can perhaps enact legislation that could make changes to, to correct this? Yeah, I've been really, really gratified at all of these presentations I've made to high-level policymakers that people come up to me after those, those presentations and they say, geez, we knew about this from the science papers and from the testimony that other guys have given, the scientists and whatever, but we never really knew what it looked like. And the fact that you're making it visible and tangible, it's mind-boggling. I, in fact, had the former chief of oil exploration for Texaco come up to me after a show a couple of years ago and say, ah, you know, I thought you guys, I thought it was a bunch of hippie bullshit, but now I'm convinced, he said. Now I get it. He's come to two other of my shows. Oddly enough, though, there are plenty of skeptics out there who, despite this evidence, don't believe it. What do you suppose is preventing them from connecting the dots in their own mind? The unimaginable is happening right now. We are not programmed to think that monumental, earth-changing events happen during our own little heart-beating minutes on this planet. But they are. That's the first point. Second point is that humans are responsible for most of that planetary change that's underway right now. And thirdly, I believe that in that responsibility lies an opportunity to take the right action. And I believe that we have the economic, financial, technical, and intellectual resources to take the right action if we just get our act together and do it. You can learn more about James Baylock and his work photographing the world's receding glaciers online at extremeicesurvey.org. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. Music this week by Jake Shimobukuro. The Joy Trip Project is made possible thanks to the support of our sponsor, Patagonia. Check out their latest conservation initiatives and new media projects on their blog, thecleanestline.com. And special thanks to the Outdoor Retailer Winter Market. Find all the new and exciting products the outdoor industry has to offer all under one big tent. Visit OutdoorRetailer.com. Thanks for listening, but we hope you'll write. Drop an email with your questions, comments, and criticisms to info at joycheerproject.com or find us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.